Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a moment and relax. Realize that whatever's going on in your life is crafted, arranged for you, for you specifically, with a purpose of drawing your soul to your spirit. Your soul wants to return to your spirit, but your soul also has created its own life, its own existence, its own kingdom. So your soul is torn between returning to eternal life and sticking to its own control over its own life. Now God himself is the one who is drawing your soul to your spirit, through your spirit. God himself is freeing your soul through healing, through restoration, through release of wounds, healing of wounds, release of generational ties and uh, curses and, and however you want to say these things. Anything that the soul is burdened by, anything the soul is using to protect itself, God himself is drawing your soul away from the need for that. He does not wish us to bear unnecessary pain or frustration. That's going to be part of our existence anyway. That's part of our existence here on this earth. But he's not doing it for unnecessary reasons. It's just part of our existence. So we don't want to be distracted by the negative circumstances that arise in our lives through the process. We keep our focus that God himself is restoring our soul to oneness with our spirit starting to see ways that the body is also integrated. But because the body was never directly linked to our spirit, it's linked to spirit through the soul. Our, our body is quickened and healed through the soul, not directly by spirit. Now we've been talking about the abilities that are inherent, that are part of our soul. At some point in time, after your conception, God gave you a soul, a mind, a will, and emotions. And there might be other you know, aspects that we could get into at some point, conscience and instinct, that kind of thing. But for right now, we just... Uh, a mind, will, and emotions. 
And we all have a soul. We all have a mind, will, and emotions. We all have a certain characteristics and temperament. Now, each one of us, though, has a unique soul. And that mind, will, and emotions is crafted in a particular way for each one of us. Now, I don't know how that's affected generationally. I don't know how different wounds are passed down generation to generation through the soul. Or is it just the body? We don't know yet. But we do know that there are characteristics of the mind, of the will, of the emotions that every soul has. We, when I say emotion, you know what that means. When I say will, you know what that means. We decide to do something. We act. We behave. We make a choice. We, we move on something. And then our mind, we, we create, we imagine, we think, we ponder. We project, we remember. And our emotions, we, we have positive emotions, we have negative emotions. But each one of us have an understanding about what our soul, what those aspects of our soul means. In our body, we all understand what our eyes do, what our nose, you know, smell. What, when we smell a flower, we expect to smell something. When we smell burnt toast, we know what that smells like. Things in, you know, uh, burning forest fire, burning fire outside, we know what that smells like. You know, a variety of different things. We, we can have commonalities about what things smell like. The ocean, rain. Likewise, we know sense of our skin. We know what cold feels like and hot. Sunburn and touch. We, we all have common understanding of those aspects of our physical body. We know what taste is, even though we have to experience these things. Like if you've never heard a bird song, if you've never heard a woodpecker. Somebody can describe it to you, but until you've heard it for yourself, you can't really experience it. Likewise with the with cold. Say you're from from a, a hot region and you've never experienced cold. Then when you experience it, you go, Okay, now I know what cold is. But it's still there. That's it's what your the qualities, the characteristics of your physical body don't change. The experience changes. So when we talk about emotions, you know, we can talk about grief, but until we've lost somebody we love and truly grieve then we understand what grief is. Now, grief, the capacity to grieve is always there. But until we truly grieve, we don't know what it means. 
taste, you know, um, peanut butter. We can somebody can describe peanut butter, or chocolate chip ice cream, or eggnog, or orange juice, any anything, and we can describe it. But until you t- you experience it for yourself, until you taste it, you don't know what it tastes like. Now the capacity to taste orange juice is always there. You only can identify orange juice by experience. Likewise, what we see, unless until you've seen, you know, the full moon, the full blood moon that we had recently, until you see that for yourself, somebody can describe, oh, this is what it looks like, but until you've seen it, it takes an experience to understand how our physical senses work. Well, very similarly, in our soul, It takes experience to understand how our soul works. And we've been talking about learning about the realms that our soul functions in, the the soulical realm which functions in the supernatural realm. And just as there are laws that govern the natural realm, there are laws that govern the supernatural realm and the soulical realm. But how do we learn about those? By experience. And we can share one another's experience and we can talk about this is what it looks like, this is how it operates. That we're being drawn to and and restored and freed to experience the supernatural realm But the only way we experience the supernatural realm is by experience. And when we look at how Jesus, walking around as a man, God walking around as a man, how did he teach his disciples? He gave them illustrations. He proclaimed, this is the truth, this is the way, this is... This is how God the Father works. This is why I am here. He proclaimed, and then he explained. Here's why I'm here. Here's how this works. This is what's going to happen. And then he gave an example of it so that his disciples and those who followed him could experience what God was like. Because it is in by experiencing that we truly understand, that we truly know. Know who God is, know who we are, know the truth about our experience. Now that's not to say that the experience is perfect or absolute. It would be a mistake to do that because we are still learning how to perceive even the things of God. So we don't want to rely on our soul to interpret the experience. We want to be objective about our soulical experience. We want to be 
questioning about it. We don't accept. And this is this is a big challenge that people involved in different focusing on different, you know, what they're what are called gifts. There's this first we go to that this is a spiritual gift from God and it can't be questioned. We're going to take the kind of opposite that this is a soulical ability, not spirit, not from not holy, it's not righteous, it's not eternal. It's an ability within your soul that you have and I have everyone has whether they're born again or not. It comes with a soul. If you have a soul, you have soulical abilities. But they are not perfect. You know, if they were perfect and holy and righteous, we wouldn't have to learn how to use them. They'd be functioning all perfect, all on their own. And when we, you know, when we're born again, boom, all the soulical abilities are working at 100%. We'd be able to raise the dead, touch a hospital, everybody be healed. We'd be able to transport ourselves from one side of the planet to the other, from one planet to the other, perform miracles, anything, you know, know the future 100% accurately, we'd all be able to do that. And we can't. And if we can't do it all, we need to understand that the experience, what we're learning is in part and that's fine. We, we're, it's a learning curve. God wants us to enjoy the process and trust his leadership, that we're on a path. And the path is just as important as the arrival at the final destination because it is through that process that we are learning what God has set aside for us to learn here on our time here on this earth. So one thing I want to think about, though, is, is we get this concept of faith. And that's been so muddied and used as like a coverall that you'd understand it, you'd accept it if you just had enough faith. And there's there's scriptures that people rely on to try to to manage expectations that this didn't happen for instance you know somebody comes along in in history and says that the end of the world is going to happen on such and such a time at such and such a date and if we're over here the world is going to be destroyed but we're going to be in a cave in the, in the grand canyon and we're going to be saved and everybody else is going to be destroyed well that day comes and goes and very often the person who came up with that says well people didn't have enough faith something happened where god couldn't do what he wanted to do because people didn't have enough faith the people there didn't have enough faith there wasn't they weren't fasting enough they weren't praying enough there was something wrong where God couldn't do what he wanted to do. And yet what God really wants us to do is question and learn, but not stop. 
not be not be distracted because it's a learning curve. Now, we want to look at some of the things that we have accepted as the way God does things and broaden and a question and poke around and see what do does what we believe work in reality so we've talked before about speaking in tongues now i know a lot of you if not most of you if not all of you have experienced some kind of prayer language or uh, glossolalia or speaking in tongues, you know, uh, worship language, however you want to say it, but it's not something that you are doing yourself. It's something you are doing through yourself. And what I want you to think of just for our time for this particular discussion is um, that that is under your control. For the most part, it is something that those who have experienced it can choose to experience it again. Can choose to, to experience it within speaking in tongues to yourself speaking in tongues you know to god but not nobody else would know about it then we can also share it verbally where others experience what we're saying we can also ask for interpretation and receive it and that's always a great place to start when we want to expand Uh, our understanding of our innate abilities. But these these things are things we can control. The vast majority of people who have this, this prayer language, this speaking in tongues, have complete control over whether they're speaking in, in tongues or not. Now, I've always been encouraged by Paul of Tarsus, Saul of Tarsus, Paul, when he said, I speak in tongues more than all of you, that he valued that. And I'm going, okay, that's that's good enough for me. I think it's a valuable thing that we should do more of. Don't understand a lot of it. I'm learning, like all of us, but that gives encouragement that that's something that we can invest in, invest in learning about. And we start with the whole idea that it's something we can control. We can we can turn it on, we can turn it off. We can speak it out loud, we can speak it within. So that is a soulical ability that came with your soul. And again, whether you're reborn in your spirit or not, that ability is still there. Now, I don't know whether people, I do believe that there are people who engage in other languages 
that have not been respirited, that engage in speaking in tongues, using these other languages for other purposes, for cursing and blessing and other purposes we're not going to get into. So it's, it's available as an aspect of our soul, but it's under the person's control. It's under your control. Now, why that's important is just let's focus on it's an ability of our soul, and it is under our control. We can turn it on and off. We can do it so other people can hear. We can do it internally. So if it's, that is true of speaking in tongues, is that also true of the other abilities? Is it true that miracles are under our control? That that's something we can learn to do and learn how to do it externally, internally, where other people see what's going on, whether other people don't, whether we can see miracles happen without anybody knowing we're involved. Prophecy, raising people from the dead, turning water into wine. Any of the other abilities that are a part of our soul, are they under our control? And I, at this point in time, I say yes. There's no reason to believe that these other abilities are not under our control. That it's not a measure of being special or having a certain, you know, person pray for us or having fasted for it or a need for it, you know, a miracle because we really need it. God puts us in a position where we have to really need it. So that's, you know, that's why we get it. Or just, you know, we have a certain amount of faith. Or he's, you know, he has special people that he gives gifts to. No, I think we all have it. And it's under each one of our control. And and because it's under our control, we can learn how to do it. Now we think about speaking in tongues. We can be loud about it. We can do it to ourselves. We can interpret it. We can learn. You know, this is a starting point. And I would encourage you, if you have not been speaking in tongues, to start doing that consistently. On top of that, start asking for the interpretation. And start writing it down. And start being objective about it. Now, just for myself, when I learned first how to speak in tongues, it was I, I was uh, not what I was expecting. I had been told by people I trusted that I had some expectations about 
how God was, what God was speaking to me about. And I was told by those far more advanced and experienced in the church that I was not hearing clearly because I could not speak in tongues. And that once I spoke in tongues, all these other questions that I had would be answered. That the answer to all my problems was speaking in tongues. Now, I had no way of, you know, knowing whether that was true or not. These were people that I trusted and had a lot of confidence in and, and, and you know, would trust them with, with concerns. And so under a certain set of circumstances, I was asking God, and he gave me the tongues. And I was quite disappointed because it didn't change anything. It was simply another tool. It's a simply another aspect of who I already was. Now, I appreciate it. I appreciate the gifts of God. I appreciate the, which is my soul. God gave you your soul, and your soul has these abilities. God gave me a soul that has these abilities, and I value them, and I appreciate it. But that's you know, that's all they are. They're, they're tools. They're a gift. They're not who I am. They're not going to solve all your problems. They're, in fact, they may cause more problems when you are starting to accept that, okay, this is, this is something you can do. You can heal people. That's your ability. You can raise the dead. You have the ability to do that. You can, you know, stop time. You can walk on water. You can fill in the blank. You can know the future. You can, you know, word of wisdom. You can uh, have solutions to world, you know, events. You can know what's going to happen tomorrow, next year, 100 years from now. You can have all this information. It's not going to change anything for you. And that doesn't make you special. Now, we value it because through the process, just like speaking in tongues, you have to say you learn how to do it. And, okay, now I know how to speak in tongues. But what if you never do it? It hasn't profited you anything. It hasn't benefited you anything. But so you start speaking in tongues and you start asking God for the interpretation of the tongues. So he starts giving you maybe pictures, maybe words, maybe you hear something, or maybe all the above, or none of the above and it's something else. And things just start happening in your life. And you start taking notice. And you put other things aside and you start paying attention more and more to what God is doing through the interpretation of tongues. So you put in the effort and you make it a priority and you are willing to make a mistake and you're willing to trial and error and you're willing to go first. You know, what's, what's the saying? The pioneers take the arrows. 
you're willing to be called names if things are in public or, or other people see and hear and experience what you are trying. And we certainly honor that. For those who have are already doing that and are sharing their experiences, we appreciate that. We value because it does take effort on our part. But this is where we don't want to be thinking that, well, I don't need to do any of that. Because all I'm going to do is I'm going to die and then go to heaven and then then I'll have all the information I need. This is part of what we're talking about here, is that that's not the way God does things. He doesn't just, you know, we're here for a season, but also for a reason. If he wanted us to just be done with it, you know, he could, why did he take Jesus away from the earth? He could have just left his son here to teach us all. This is the way. This is what God looks like. Healed everybody, you know, uh, proven who he was to everybody, and there we go, we're done. But he didn't do that because he wants to accomplish more in us. He wants to restore us, spirit, soul, and body, to be one. And we can choose and have control over our soul that's the part we can do while god is doing the restoration the healing and the separation of truth from lies so hopefully that gives you something to think about as you're going through the holiday season be thinking about in terms of speaking and doing these these abilities towards yourself pray for yourself Look for words of knowledge that if, that affect you that you can prove. Like, you know, where are my keys? You know, when when you are asking, you, where did I put this down? And you think, oh, okay, that's where I put it down. Or you remember, yeah, I, oh, I put them down over here. That's not just your memory. That's your soul. You are putting, you are control, learning to control your soulical abilities. And think of it in those terms. Start writing things down. So we will stop there for, for, for now. If you've got any questions, feel free to drop me a line at diane at org or through Blog Talk Radio. We'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.